0: we continue the Shir in Navi in Jewish Hebrew history we spoke the last part of the Shir was dealt with Eliyahu HaNavi the fact that Hashem has three keys which he never transferred to any angel the key to life birth that is the key to bringing back the dead to life reviving the dead the third the key to read this was never given to anyone until we came to the story where Elia and as a kanoi would have fought to avenge the honor of Hashem Pray to Hashem give me the key to rain, so that I can stop the rain from coming down to fulfill the statement in the Taylor which says that if you turn to idol worship, Hashem will stop the rain, will bring famine. This was given to Eliadabi and mean he swore there'll be no rain from that day on until he himself will, will commit it. This brought about a famine. At this point I want to correct a regrettable error we made at the last minutes of last week's Shia because he hurried to close it we erred in one word we spoke about the case of two women who came before the king and complained the trial complained about the fact that one of the women had killed her son the famine was that the famine was that serious she killed her son, they ate the flesh of her son and they wanted now she wanted now to have the other woman do the same to her son that's how serious the famine was. The king became furious and he said we must do something radical against the prophet who was guilty. He claimed was guilty in this. That story, we erroneously, by error, regrettably, because of the speed, I say, we attributed to the case of Achav and Elianavi. Of course, that is not so. That story took place later on. The case of Yehudon, grandson of Achav and Elisha Hanabi. we'll get to that part of the story later on however the point we spoke about that the famine was a very serious one that was true, that's the part we're up to now At this point the Yimara tells us it was that there that Elisha once walked out in the time of this famine and he saw the extent <coughs> of the the khino, the training that the children had received by their parents. He saw a child, a boy, lying in the, the ashpot the garbage. The child that had been thrown out, discarded. This child was lying there, swollen from famine. He had not eaten at all, he was dying. In pity for this child, he said to this child, I can save your life if I teach you something that will save your life and you promise to repeat it the child said of course this was not an infant it was a child <coughs> old enough to understand and he said to the child repeat <coughs> Shema Yisrael Hashem Aleicheno Hashem Echot Echot means only one there is none other only Hashem is one the child cried out Chas <coughs> dare not say mention the name of one that is different than what he'd been taught he'd been taught to worship idols and in his condition his famished condition he was close to faithful, to fatal state about to die the child pulled out his symbol that he wore symbol of idol worship he kissed it and with that he died. This was the extent of Aveda Zora at that time, Nigamara says. This is the reason we could see we could understand in Vionovit's point of view why he was so much the avenging angel. He fought so much for the covenant of Hashem. Now, Gemara says that the Tenet tells us that Hashem called to the and said to him, The king is out to get you. Go hide at the river near the stream, near the yarding. There you will drink from the stream and be protected. And I will send ravens, black ravens that's unkosher birds to bring you food that way you'll be able to sustain yourself a person must eat in order to live stay there until it is safe Hashem said to as far as food is concerned you'll have these birds that will bring you food you recall we had a long discussion on this and we learned the Gemara Chud now Shabbat Shia <coughs> the Gemara discusses this point where did this food come from the Masconah the Gemara was that the food came from the butchers the Shekhtim of Achav. Achav was an Ebed Ebed Zorah an idol worshipper his followers the Gemara proves conclusively were also idol worshippers therefore their shita, their slaughter was not kosher which means that the food there their meat was not kosher and yet the Gemara says Hashem told he would send the ravens to carry the meat from the butchers of Achav to Elianavi how could that be possible that he would be given this food which was to say the least questionable as far as Kashrus was concerned there was a slight chance it might come from Ovadya Hanavi a wood kosher person living with Achav, but that was infinitesimal a chance (coughs) the one is, that this was through a command of Hashem Hashem said, eat this food they're going to bring you and therefore it was permissible permissible to eat the food brought by the ravens now, the ravens are an unkosher bird note, the question is, obviously, this is done by Hashem it's easy, simple for Hashem to do many things Many other alternatives. Either to send the food from heaven, as the Gemara says, that meat that comes from heaven must be kosher meat. The Gemara tells us we had the Gemara, recalled, too, where meat fell down from heaven, and the Gemara says that the rabbis, the rabbi, said it must be kosher meat. So simple meat coming from heaven, like the Eidos gave to Adamadisha, which is kosher meat, that could have been given to the enemy. Secondly, even meat on earth. The ravens could have brought meat from kosher places. If it was that far away. They could have brought be to shepherd the king of the two tribes whose people were religious. They could have had kosher meat there. Third, if in sending meat, it could have been sent by doves, pigeons, kosher birds, rather than ravens. Why ravens? Why the butchers of Ahloth? The answer is that we are taught here what the Gemara tells us about the Mitzvah of Emunah. Emunah Tzaddikim and Emunah Hashem are synonymous. You must have Emunah both. For a person to believe in the Tzaddikim, the Rabbis of the Gemara, the Rabbis of the Shulchan Aruch, the Peskin, recent Peskin to believe in them when, they, when you ask them about something if it is permissible, if it is kosher and they say it is not kosher it is forbidden it's very easy for a Jew to accept that statement because he's not risking anything Rabbi said it's, it's forbidden you just don't do it that's all, you have no, no pegs of conscience it is difficult when Rabbi says to a person this is kosher this is permissible when deep inside that person's conscience he feels that this thing is forbidden his logic his own logic dictates to him that this is unkosher it's t'nega nidali to me it seems like a nigger like something that is forbidden To me that is not permissible but he is told by the rabbi you may eat it you may do this and here we have the mitzvah of and hadava. The smoke. You're not supposed to go against the words of the rabbis and the tzadikim. Right or left? Right means to be more strict than they tell you to. Left means to be less strict. It is much more difficult to accept a permissible attitude, decision, than one that is a here the Torah teaches us this where Hashem said we will send you food because Hashem says so Because this is a statement by Hashem the same origin the same source and we see the laws of of kashras of items being unkosher the same one that says the shechitah is unkosher same power now says it is kosher if you believe one you must believe the other two because it comes from the same mocha or the same source the reason that <coughs> this is why then it was specifically chosen to teach this point that decisions of our leaders spiritual leaders Kavyechel from Hashem Niteinah which is the word of Hashem Shemal Shemalpeh words of the rabbis both must be accepted without hesitation without any any doubt whatsoever the reason that the ravens were chosen because the raven is known as a cruel bird, it's an uncultured bird, it's very cruel even to its own to its own offspring the raven is cruel here Hashem showed this is a raven this is one who will not feed his own yet these ravens are going to feed a stranger you now will you learn a lesson from them learn a lesson of of pity of kindness you are going against the entire Jewish people you are causing a famine every one of them is starving they're all dying of hunger because of you because you haven't got the kindness Pity, consideration, compassion for them. Look at these ravens who are naturally cruel, yet they have consideration of bringing you food. Perhaps this will make you change your mind. This is one reason I Abedazal mean, well, explains yes uh, <coughs> the Adev is one that is cruel. The lesson taught here is that one who is cruel contributes, donates that is the true meaning of tzedakah what is the mitzvah of tzedakah at its highest peak the person is asked to contribute money for tzedakah and he gives he's told give a few dollars he does, he gives it it doesn't bother him Good. that's tzedakah but in the lowest sense if he's approached again he gives again and again when so he reaches a point where he becomes disgusted or he feels that this is demanding too much of him it really begins to hurt him and then he gives that's the real meaning of stokka because when his achzorius his sadism, his cruelty begins to show his refusal to give and he overcomes that feeling an inner feeling of cruelty and he gives a this feeling that's the true kedusha in stokka itself and it comes to the point where he's like an oidev a cruel bird and despite this the Chalkalecha, despite this he feeds the poor, then he has reached the peak of the Vida of Stoker in its focus. That the is also is the lesson with the ravens in this case. Now <coughs> the, the this lasted for a while. Suddenly the stream ran dry. There was no more water then Hashem spoke to Elie again told him to go to the city of Tidon that's in Galil up north there I have commanded a widow to feed you go to the house of a certain widow there you will be fed Isaiah the Zayi Kodesh says I have commanded meaning that this command was given from Shishis and Emanishis. Hashem created the world he already issued that command will come a time Necessity to feed the at that time, Hashem decreed that this widow should exist in order to feed him. He came to the city of Tzidon. says in Midrash that he looked around and he saw a woman gathering wood. And in his subconscious mind, he felt he recalled something. It struck a familiar chord. He had not been told who this widow was what she looks like how is he going to recognize her how will he know which is the one that was destined to feed him he couldn't inquire now it was too late so he felt that there was something familiar about this case his was the exact case of Eliezer Ebed Abrahim Eliezer in a certain was told go to the this place, the city of Bersuel there find a wife for my son Yitzhak Yitzhak Avinu he came there not knowing who was the one that was destined to be to make the Yitzhak Avinu then he was inspired to Hashem he was a tefillah that the Gemara says it wasn't a fitting type of tefillah his tefillah was Hashem whoever gives me water to drink that would you have destined as the wife of my master the Gemara says he person could have been a cripple, could have been a, a a defect that couldn't even be seen. A bit of a And it turned out, of course, for his benefit, for good. So, and the enemy thought now the same thing applied to him. He would have to rely upon help from Hashem to select the right one. And it was his duty, at least to test that person, he used the same test as Eliezer did when he came to the city of Rifka. So he saw this woman gathering wood, and he said to her, could you please give me, get me a little water? And She responded immediately, looking at him, recognizing this was a holy person, Kodesh. she immediately brought the water. Then he said to her, could you get me some bread? me to eat cookie she said I'm very sorry I have only a spoonful of one spoonful of flour and a drop of oil in a jar that's all I have there's not enough to make I have a child not enough to make for all of us but what can I do and he answered he said to her you make for me First, and then for yourself and your son. The result will be that this drop of flour and this drop of oil will be enough for us and it will remain further. It will last until the famine will be over. Again, the Gemara says, Why did he tell her, Make for me first, and then for you and your son? this was the case a of selfishness the case first little to test her goodness and kindness as far as gifts are concerned but it was also a legality remember that Elion was really minchas minchas and as a kohen he was supposed to be given to be given first be fed first legally she was supposed to feed him first as a kohen then herself and the child she agreed immediately and she obviously detected in him the kedusha that was his he was initially a heavenly person this widow was the mother this child she had she was the mother of this child whose name was Yenah Yana, the prophet later on he grew up the prophet who went through the Experience of being swallowed by the fish, and the experience that <coughs> teaches us the Musa, which we read on Yom Kippur Timur. at the this time, he was only a child, and the, this widow accorded Yere'anavi every respect possible. A short time later, this child suddenly passed away. But when he did, the only thing that this woman had to live for. She came charging at Elia Navi, in a very shocking manner, she cried out to him, You have just murdered my son. I accuse you of murder. This is a very shocking statement, but she backed up her words. She said, I am not a bad woman, comparatively, more religious and most people living in my vicinity and therefore in heaven I was regarded as a, let's say, semi tadekus as a righteous person who should be treated with chesed, with kindness from heaven that's how I got along until you came the moment you came when you lived in my home what happened? I was no longer compared to the people in my city, I was not compared to you. Compared to one like you, of course, I'm in my a Russia, compared to one as holy as you are. And if I am that bad in comparison, of course, I was treated in such manner from heaven accordingly. That's why my son died. And the fact that you came to my home indirectly or directly caused the death of my son. You are his murderer and he told her, bring me a son give him to me he took him, he carried him to his own bed placed him on the bed there he turned to, first he laid down on him breathed into him then he got up he walked to and fro he cried out to Hashem help me declare my name I don't want to have the stigma of murder against me. I ask, I pray, that I be given the power of Triya to bring this child back to life. But here, Gemara tells us that all this famous story of Eliyahu bringing a child back to life was all a trick, a heavenly trick, the part of heaven. Part of Hashem. Why? Because Hashem is vachum, vchanun, kind, compassionate, chesed to all Jews, even if Jews commit sins, Hashem is still kind. Atod lisa Yadla Hashem gives an opportunity, the worst sinners, to do tshuva to come back to Him. Hashem does not want to see the Jews destroyed at no time ever did Hashem desire the destruction, the eradication of the Jews as a people Hashem wants the Jews to return to him Hashem wants only a leader that will bring the Jews to Tshuva not a leader who will reprimand them scold them and seek their destruction in this case though Hashem had already given to Eliyahu Nabi the key to rain now, in all fairness Hashem did not want to take this back by force but this meant Kamiyachol Kamiyachol means as though he could say that Hashem had removed from himself the power of rain and transferred it to Eliyahu Nabi which means that he, that Kabi-yakho Hashem could not get rain except through Eliyahu Nabi now, how to get that key away from him is a problem because he swore he would not surrender it unless the Jews would stop this idol worship. The Jews were dying of hunger. Hashem did not want to witness their death to see that the Jews would die. Hashem wanted their salvation. And the key had to be taken from Elianevi. Hashem decided on this whole act where he sent Elianevi to this woman, to this widow. There he caused the death of this child, <coughs> knowing that he would then come before Hashem to plead with Hashem for the power of Chiyas <laughs> Mason. It was at this point that Hashem spoke to Eliyahu and said to him, "You want the key of Chiyas HaMeisim? Very good. You want something? I'll give it to you. Sadiq wants Hashem fulfills." Desire that Shalit is always the first active of the part of Hashem. But Hashem said, let me ask you a question first. Between the two of us, Hashem said, who is the rabbi and who is the Talmud? Who is the student? And the Yenob said, oh, of course, you're the rabbi of your student. What question? So Hashem said, alright then let me ask you a second question then. is it nice would it be nice for a student to be wealthier more powerful than his rabbi and he said of course not certainly not Hashem said if I give you the key to Tchiyas Mason, you'll be wealthier than I am there are only three keys between us the key to birth the key to Tchiyas Mason, the key to reign you already have the key to rain I have the other two if I give you the key to triasamesim you'll have two and I'll have only one is that nice now but I know you want the key to triasamesim you're very anxious for it so I'll tell you what I'll make an exchange with you give me the key to rain back I'll give you the key to triasamesim which was very happily agreed to by the Anabi to save his name he said fine here immediately Hashem said good here's the a mason with which he now brought the child back to life the very next second Hashem said to Nehemi now now you go to Achav and tell him I will give rain tomorrow I will give rain not you I now have the key to rain tell him I will give rain this he had a fulfillment of course he was still glad to get through with this woman that here's your son back you never start with the other side and she was very thankful she said to Yanavi when he gave her back a live child she said now I know that you are Yish Kodesh the heavenly person and she said the word of Hashem Yenath, is truth truth and this and the Seder Kodesh says her words. which said, "Your words are Emma's truth." That's how we have her son. Now had a new, newly adopted father. He was called Yena Ben Amitai. Amitai is truth, Amos. He was called Yena with the truth. But is, Charlie brought back to life was not called on his name Yena Ben Amitai. So, at that moment, he left this place and at that moment too Achav who was suffering because of the demands of the Jews seeing the Jews suffer too in this famine had in his palace a Vadya Hanavi a Vadya Hanavi was a pure Hanavi, mm-hmm. a tzaddik but a hidden tzaddik Achav's wife Izevel the wicked Izevel had killed all the existed existing then, all of the Vian, the holy the students of Ayah Navi, except a hundred of them whom I Hanavi had saved. He had rescued, at risk of his own life, he had rescued a hundred of them and hid them in two caves, fifty in each cave. He secretly each day brought them food and water. He sustained their lives, rescuing them. This was one of the biggest mitzvahs possible. That's why the Torah calls Avadim Lavo Shemi It's a very, very, uh, very powerful Now, of course, he was not suspected by Achav and Izzavu. He wasn't suspected. We killed immediately. Now Achaev, considered his close servant, said to Evadiah Navi, let us both go in search of water. We haven't got food, at least let's get some water to save the lives of the the stock, livestock, whatever is left. So they set out in search of water in two different directions. On the way, Evadiah Navi met Eliyahu Navi. He was very shocked to see him because Achaev had said, let's Fine, and the he is the one that we have to blame. Let's get at him. Now, if I just said to the enemy, my master is seeking you. So you know, he said to Ivaji, go back and tell him that I will see him today. If I have you said to the can kid, please spare me this test, because if I go back and tell him you're going to see him today, and suddenly a wind the angel will carry you off as usually happens to you. Imagine what he'll do to me. He'll kill me for lying. If I tell you, you'll see him. So Eliyah answered him, he replied and said, You tell him my word that I will see him today. He came back and told Achav. Achav came forward. He greeted Eliyah. When he saw him, Achav cried out, You are the killer, the destroyer of Jews and the other answered and said it is not me, it is you you and your idol worship is what destroys the Jews not me and my famine if you would not have had a you would not have had a you would not have had the result of the famine in any event he said now the time has come to correct the past I want you to summon all the false prophets all of the Viyei Habal, the Viyei Ashedah there were over 800 of them together 450 to the Viyei 400 of the others bring all your false prophets together bring them to the top of Harak Carmel Mount Carmel in Haifa and there, I want you to summon on that mountainside. side bring all the Jews, the symbol of Lord, to witness the contest between your false prophets and myself. We're going to prove who the Jews should believe in. The idols that they spread, the idea of idol worship, or the Havdil, faith in Hashem, which I speak of. This was done immediately. Achov summoned all the Jews to Mount Carmel they came to the all assembled this mountain where they could see on the top where the said to the false prophets build yourselves a and I'll build myself one too they did this and then he said no we take two calves for two sacrifices two covenants He's, they're both similar. They're identical. In fact, they were born for the same cow. I want you to pick any one you want so you cannot say, claim there were tricks involved. And then I'll take the other one. The Pussyc says, he told them pick, and then it says they took the one that he gave them. And the Gemara says, if they picked, why do you have to give it to them? The Gemara is because a little problem ensued. When they selected their one, this calf came forward, walked over, and the and said to him, Why is this happening to me? He spoke. Because even a calf has feelings. And of course, the language of animals, birds, trees, are known to tzaddikim. King Solomon knew the language of these all living beings. They knew it. The great tzaddikim knew it. These are many stories about them. This calf spoke to, cried before, and the other being said to him, This other calf and myself, we are both born in the same cow, both the same. Why should this other calf be privileged, be honored, and he be sacrificed to Hashem, a covet of that magnitude, and I should have to go to be part of this idolatry? For what reason? this one should have Kiddush Hashem and this one should be Chilol Hashem why do I deserve this? Levi replied you're wrong because the same Kiddush Hashem that will come for the one that I sacrifice you'll have the same Kiddush Hashem by not having by not being sacrificed to the idols the fact that there'll be no miracle done with you was the same Kiddush Hashem as a miracle done with mine kept said sorry that answer did not satisfy me. I will not go unless you take full responsibility. You have to hand me over yourself. I will not go willingly. this, because he says it may not be handed over, he gave this calf that they chose to the hippo. <coughs> this shows how <clears throat> what we call dumb animals are much smarter than we are. They're you see this nefesh their ava serving Hashem is far more to be mistaken far more sincere than ours many times we can learn from the so-called dungs. it was meant by serving Hashem with sincerity after they selected this calf they took the, they placed the calf on, the, on their altar and the point was test was, the contest was they should prepare everything except the fire then each one should call upon theirs these prophets should call upon their idol they believe in to send down a fire from heaven to consume their karma, their sacrifice these the Baal started to dance around the sacrifice calling upon summoning, invoking the power of their Baal and minutes went by, hour went by, there was no sign of fire or miracle. The Gemara says that one of the worst sins a person, or at least a time of could commit is the sin of Light Sonus. means to joke, joke around, make fun, mockery, the person should be serious especially when the Shekhinah is in Golis the Yomar says that the person should try to avoid comedy laughter, joking around in fact the Yomar says that the once made the statement that the Shekhinah is in Golis and there is no laughing in heaven there is no laughter in heaven since the time of the Chorba the Imam says that the sh- sh- Shlaka of is tumbled. The moment he heard that, never again smiled the rest of his life, because he wanted to participate in the sadness of the Shechidim. The tells us that even the first sentence of Tehillim says, Ashley Hoish, blessed, great is that person who does not go on the path of an Ashleyan. What does that mean? He does not stay in the company of Leitzin, the jokers. Leitzonus is very bad. the says that it brings down upon a person the worst type of yesudim. He that regular sins bring yesudim suffering. Leitzonus brings yesudim to A very low, horrible type of yesudim, type of suffering, punishment for it. Therefore, Leitzonus is forbidden least for those who are pure but the Yomara says there's one exception when it comes to Avedo zoro idol worship or idols there it is permissible to make mockery fun jokes of these idol worshippers the Yomara learns it from this case this case here was the holiest person alive Eliyahu Anavi. Most no serious person alive Pinchos Koyin Eliyahu the Prophet Eliyahu the He stood by and watched these Nevei HaBaal jumping, dancing, crying, singing, screaming calling upon their Baal, their idol to send down a fire to consume this carbon. The Jews stood by and watched patiently be me patiently because time was going. He waited until the afternoon, late right start of the morning, the afternoon, and you know he started to taunt them, to tease them, to mock them, to make on us And he said to them, "You know, you've got to scream louder because the idol you're calling upon, I'm sure, has left on a trip. He's far, so scream louder. He can hear you. He's very distant from you." By taunting them, they had to respond. They screamed louder and louder. Yet he waited a while and said to them, Wait, I'll tell you why he doesn't hear you. He just went to the bathroom He locked the door. He can't hear from there. But he's got serious troubles. He'll be there quite a while. This, of course, is mockery as late sooners. this. anymore says it is permissible. So he continued to mock them and as he mocked them they kept on screaming louder and then he said uh, I figured out he probably was having his nap now he's a very heavy sleeper so you've got to scream much louder than that they kept on screaming crying and using their spears stabbing themselves drawing blood this was a type of service to their idol all to no avail the Adizal says Kisi Adizal says that these the the Vahabal actually were evil they were bad but they weren't that stupid they knew that this idol this piece of clay could not perform any miracles it was just their means, their trick to draw people for their own selfish good How were they expecting this idol to set fire to the It would be disgraceful to them also says the secret was here that there was one of their own one of the evil type recall the one that started this whole story going the one who built up the city of Yerichoy Chiyah who built the city of Yerichoy Despite the curse that Yeshua had placed upon the one that will rebuild that city. Yeshua said that the one who builds it will build a foundation at the expense of his firstborn child dying. He would complete it, complete the city, put in the doors with the death of his youngest. Chiel built the city despite this curse. He lost all his children and then maintained his same evil. Now, the Israel says that they took Chiel, and uh, when they built this altar, this Mizbeach, covered it, underneath, they had Chiel hidden there with matches, with a torch, with a means of flame, with a lantern. And they figured they would use their wiles, their tricks, and calling upon the Baal. Meanwhile, hiddenly, Chiel would set fire to this command, and claim it as a miracle these all shows how this comes out the result was of course that Cleo died while underneath this cover before he could set fire to it this was his fitting in so these false prophets failed at that point the had called upon the Jews to come and witness his act <coughs> he said, now watch as I call, as I respond to Hashem and here the Yomar says this took place this was already the time for Mincha and the time for Mincha is so important, was such a time of Eis Ratzon that on Shabbos Kodesh the holiest moment is the time of Mincha, it's called the Deraivo Ratzu Shabbat the strongest moment, the Eis through this of acceptance of the part of Hashem. That's why we say the Pasik, the Ish Yassim, the Hashem, time of this carries on even for the Minchot time during the week. That's why the Gemara's as a person should be very careful about dominating Minchot, especially with Kamonah and with the Vinyan, because the feelers that a person sent up to Hashem have a better chance of being answered to the turn, at the time of Minchot. Proof is that. And the you end know, his was answered at the time of Nechel. He was installed by Hashem, and his thriller was the Hashem that, to bring the Kiddush Hashem down by showing all the Jews, after the read to them, that they cannot use, be on both sides of the fence, believe in idols, and Mohammed believe in Hashem. They must make the selection, they must choose right now. And So after his thriller, he said, basic tefillah was Aneenie Hashem, Aneenie. Says, answer me Hashem answer me why twice so he said answer me first answer me in his chus of my talmud secondly answer me that the fire should come down from heaven that's a miracle I need a much bigger miracle than that because a fire will not be sufficient it is possible that if I get a fire from heaven all the Jews will say you used magic the magic is no Kedusha the answer me Hashem that these thoughts should not even enter the Jewish minds they should accept this as an act of Hashem and this is what occurred the fire came down it consumed the was which had 12 stones around it it had water in it that it was filled up with water everything was wiped out in this heavenly fire the point of this tefillah was above all the second part of an 80 says that the second part answer me, Hashem. Help me that the Jews should not say this is an act of magic. It is a tefillah for Jews at all times. That when you daven Hashem, you put kavon into it, and then Hashem sends the answer to your request. You need a cure for someone. A cure comes, chas v'sholem, do not fall into the trap of saying later on, it happened to come through a doctor, through medicine, or well, the, the position I looked for, the, unless I asked for came because somebody recommended me or because my boss gave me a raise or so on Do not be misled that the tefillah was answered through somebody else only through Hashem that's the tefillah that each person should say needi Hashem, needi. I should never myself fall into this trap of not believing by Muna with the zechus of Muna Shleim Muna Hashem we you will know, then accept truly as the Jews said Hashem who are to believe fully in Hashem uh, in the Shaddikim the Shilohi Hashem is now to see what our rising coming of Mashiach to the B'yam B'ezamikdash B'Henri B'ayno Amen be B'ayno Amen